Welcome to another episode of Latinos Who Thrive. This week, I'm the guest on the weekly business hour on Lone Star Community Radio Station with Rick Schessler. I will be discussing how to grow your business, so let's get started. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the weekly business hour. I'm Rick Schessler. I'm your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and also the founder of OneBestConsult.com. I want to thank you for joining us today. I think we have a wonderful program lined out for you, and I hope you'll sit back, grab your pad and pencil or your computer, get ready to take some notes, because hopefully we're going to provide information, as we always try to do, that you can use in your business today. I always like to start off uh, the, each program with what I call my first question of the day. My question today to you, where do you find positive news? I mean, there are so many things going on in the world around us, and there's so many sources to hear about it, to learn about it, that many people are frustrated. They can't find positive news, at least not outside their home. I've got a couple ideas. The first place I find positive news, I look in the mirror, and I talk to myself, uh, not out loud, but I talk to myself, and Think about the blessings I have. Think about the businesses, the people I'm working with, the people I'm supporting, my family. And I build my own daily news of positive news. Now, this is somewhat psychological, but I think it is so important for those of us, particularly as business leaders, people who own their own business, to have a positive outlook regardless of what's going on around us. The second thing I like to do is I look for positive, upbeat people. I try to associate with people, groups that are typically positive, that have good things to say about people, that don't take the latest news and try to drive a point, no surrender, this is the way it's got to be. Look for positive people. Let them be part of your life. Seek them out. Spend the time and effort to join groups. There are a number of groups out there, business groups, Look for the positive groups. And last but not least, I seek God's guidance. I seek his guidance because he's blessed me. And if I sit and I pray to him and talk to him, it's always good news. So today, if you haven't already done it, find some positive news in your life. It's all up to you. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Well, the weekly business hour is where Montgomery County and businesses throughout the world Come to talk about the latest in business news, business ideas, ways to improve your business, and we ask you be a part of those conversations. And the way you can do that, drop me an email, ask me a question about the show, send me a question for our guest, make a comment about the show. We like to have conversations with our listeners. Easy to do, just drop me a line at onebestconsult at gmail.com. That's one, the number one bestconsult at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Oftentimes, we even take some of those questions and make them part of the program. The other thing I failed to mention, I need to tell you, if you'd like to watch the show as well as listen to it, you can do that live on YouTube, Facebook. Just go to the page, the Weekly Business Hour, click on it, and you can watch as well as listen to the program. Well, without further ado, let's get into our favorite part of the show, and that's talking to our guest. Always wonderful to have guests, and in this case, we've got somebody that's bringing a lot of experience and a lot of wisdom to the table, and I look forward to a great conversation. Victor Escalante, he's a business principal consultant and coach. 
and we're going to talk about all things business. Victor, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Rick. Uh, it's happy to be here with you and your listeners. Well, Victor, as I like to start off with any guest, give you a chance to introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of background, your business background, uh, all that experience that you have. I mean, we probably could talk about that all day, but just give us the thumbnail sketch if you would. I'm going to give you the uh, quick and dirty uh, uh, story. I uh, have a long uh, history of working in uh, sales and business development. And by age 25, I was already an encyclopedia, a walking encyclopedia of motivational books, all the classics, Zig Ziglar, uh, Brian, uh, uh, Tracy, you name it, I already had them all in my head. And I came across a emerging field in 85 called neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro-linguistic programming is the science of how to run your mind. You know how you talked about how it's hard to be positive in this world. Did you know that every day we have about 60,000 thoughts per day, and 90% of those thoughts are the same ones day in and day out, day in and day out. That's the programming that we carry. And so I found out that through learning to use my mind, because your mind didn't come with an owner's manual, I could produce any result that I wanted by being very focused and very and having the right strategy to achieve achieve my outcome and uh, the rest is history. Well, that's amazing. So back in 85, boy, that's been some that's years been a ago. That's been long time. Yes. Well, tell me a little bit about that program. I mean, as far as involvement, uh, I think you mentioned that Tony Robbins Correct. Uh, was someone that developed that program as well. And no, Tony Robbins was exposed to neuro-linguistic wow. programming, and he was taught by one of the developers. There was two gentlemen. Uh, there was Richard Bandler, uh, a mathematician, and a Gestalt therapist, and John Grinder, a linguist, uh, and a specialist in modeling. And so what they did is they modeled the best communicators at that time uh, primarily in the field of psychotherapy. And so they developed a systemic way that you could teach the methodology of someone that had practiced all their life, and in one week or less, they were produ the students were producing similar results. That was through the modeling of what they were doing. You know, these kinds of things are amazing to me, that why more people have not been exposed or connected with that and you and I both know, like so many things in life, there are people that are really good, in this case communication, others aren't. Most of us, I mean, we're somewhere in between. But, you know, a good communicator, uh, they stand out. Uh, yes. And give us an idea of how you identify someone or what are the characteristics of a good communicator? Well, I'll start with you. <laughs> I used to teach uh, profiling at the police academy uh, in El Paso. I taught detectives and interrogators how to profile individuals and how to cross-examine on the witness stand. And so for you, you're the kind of person that is feeling-oriented. You're the kind of person that gets a feeling about someone right from the get-go. You either like them or dislike them, and you may not know why you dislike them, but that's because you're very visceral. You process a lot of information in feeling-oriented terms. And so in your mind, you're always uh, processing uh, kinesthetic predicates. Without getting too nerdy and technical, it's basically how you manage your feelings. We're capable of managing uh, 750 feelings. 
And so the mm. average person doesn't know what are the range of feelings that they have, but that the super achievers, they've developed and honed the ability to use their feelings for a specific outcome. That's where we get into emotional intelligence. You know, this almost sounds like a craft to me. It's like it is. It's a, a science. It's actually a science. That is just amazing that people are able to do that. And like always, I guess you could say, any in any other field or any where someone stands out as being really good, yes, they have crafted that. Yes, you know, they may have been born with some abilities, but they took those abilities. You know, and they say them. they say that it takes two thousand hours to become a master at anything. So I, over the years, I've developed three masteries, which is uh, writing and communication. Uh, I was a uh, gifted, uh, natural-born writer as a kid, and my teachers uh, saw that in me, and so they encouraged me to be a writer, so I became a writer. Uh, I'm also a photographer because I love photography, so uh, in media, I, be, I excelled at that and be, became an award-winning uh, uh, photographer. And of course, uh, uh, neurolinguistic programming for applications in media, in corporations, and personal development. You mentioned media. That is something that, uh, to me, is for the small business, is something that is seems like it's out of their reach. Yes. I mean, they know about advertising. A few of them understand marketing versus advertising, say, but the media. And there's so many different kinds of media today and ways to reach customers, prospective customers. What's your advice in general to the small business person, small business owner, about use, utilizing media and becoming aware of it? Excellent question. My advice to, to every small business owner is you need to have a Google page, a must. You need to have a Google page, and you need to get your customers to write reviews of your product or service because – Let's face it, we don't have the time to, to get recommendations, and I have gotten a lot of business as a result of uh, people going to my webpage and seeing the reviews uh, that, that are all organic, they are real legit uh, cases, and people say, if, if this is what people say about you, then uh, I want to hire you. So it doesn't cost anything other than time. Create a Google page, okay? What's good about that also is uh, through Google Maps, people can find you. So uh, invest the time to create a Google page and spend time on it. I would be happy to work with anyone uh, to show them how they can do this if they haven't already done it. They also need to have a web footprint, a digital footprint of their business through social media. And of course, that's a whole other animal that uh, that requires that you you think like a uh, uh, like a media company, and you put out news about everything that you're doing. Another great uh, idea is uh, write a press release, and and with today's technology, you can Google uh, press release writing, and there's even templates out there that you can just insert your your information, uh, your specifics and send it out to media because media is always looking for stories about uh, businesses. And so if you have an anniversary, write a press release of how, how long you've been in business and let media know why they should cover you. Uh, so in the press release, make it newsworthy by, uh, by providing how you, you did something for the community, 
uh, and, and new products that you're launching, it's like you're going to get on the radar of media, and they may pick up your press release and publish it as is. Yeah, you never know. You've got to put it out there. You know, one of the things you you mentioned is the Google page, and I, I will I will absolutely give check mark on that. When I go to shop or buy things or connect with someone uh, to do business with, I do two things. This is me personally. I want to see what folks are saying about them. Yes. Recommendations these days, I kind of skip over. It okay. Used to be a big deal. I yes. know that. But then also the map, if it's personal, I want to do business with someone, even if I don't have to go to their business location, yes. that's close in case I have an issue Absolutely. or I want to go by, need to take something back, whatever it might be. It's a comfort thing. Absolutely. But it is, it's, it's very, very important. I've seen studies that say that over 95% of the small business, business purchasing folks, business buyers, they go check you out on the web before they do yes. business with you. Yes, so your media presence online needs to be put as a priority. And, and by all means, testimonials. Testimonials work great. If you have a satisfied customer, get them on video. With, now with smartphones, it's like it doesn't cost anything to get a customer to, to tell the world why you're so good, why people should do business with you and post it on your social media. Yeah, the video has really kind of moved to the forefront. That's one thing about media. It's just changing. I mean, and, and I don't want the small business owner, they, they've got to run their business. Typically, they wear many hats and feeling like, okay, here's another job I got to do. Uh, I don't think you have to stay up with the latest and greatest media. But like you say, you've got a phone and you just click on it. Anybody can yes. take a video of someone, even I can, and, and click it off and then download it. It's real simple. You can hire a student. And that's the other thing, yes. Because uh, students are, are more tech savvy than you are, and so they would be happy to work for you at a nominal fee to handle your uh, social media. See, I'm blessed to have children <laughs> yes. who are very, very Absolutely. good at it. In fact, Absolutely. one has a degree in it. Absolutely, so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but it's point is, and I think you and I are absolutely right on the same page, businesses, all kinds of business, even if you're a solo, you need to have some kind of media presence and you need to keep it fresh. I still come across pages that haven't been touched in yes. five years. Yes. And it, that turns me off. Absolutely. If I'm looking for yeah. something to buy something or connect with someone. If your content is not fresh, then why should people take you serious? And it doesn't have to be it. every day. Yeah. I just you know want to see that they're right. paying attention, that they're on top of it. It's interesting. Well, let's, let's kind of take a quick segue. We've, well, I'll tell you what. We've come up on the first quarter of the show, quarter hour. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to go to some commercials here, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about the business environment currently out there that you see from your perspective. I get approached by a lot of people that want to start businesses, particularly with the shift in employment and yes. things. So let's talk about that, if you don't mind, when we come back. Sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. We're going to have another great conversation. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. Rick Schisler, I'm your host. 
And we're having a wonderful conversation, I believe, today with Victor Escalani. He's a business principal, consultant, and coach. And uh, he and I just had a wonderful conversation offline while we were at commercial about some of the things going on. Victor, I'd like to talk about, because this is is really a a topic that's right in the forefront now. People are trying to start businesses. I mean, a lot of discussion in the last five, ten years of uh, the baby boomers leaving business, selling, whatnot, their business. And that activity, we know from some other guests that have been on our show, is, is at a very high level. Uh, the sales of these businesses, uh, and some of that uh, precipitated or sped up because of the pandemic. But there are people looking to go into business, uh, whether it be corporate people, always been a fair number of those that tired of being laid off or the uncertainty. But I find people from all walks of life as far as business backgrounds. What do you see out there currently, uh, particularly, I guess, in our geographical part of the world? There's a strong renaissance for small business growth and development. Like you said, a lot of retiring baby boomers, and I'm dating myself because I'm a boomer. And, and so think about all those people that developed a certain expertise in what they did. But when it comes to business, they don't have the full uh, gamut of, of skill sets to be able to run a business and launch a business. And so that's where consultants come in, that they can help one to be able to do all that, that foundation. Did you ever read the book, uh, The E-Myth? Yes, I did. And, and you know, in the book, it's very well illustrated of how a baker does, uh, that is good does not necessarily mean that they can uh, run a business. And so you need to understand where your expertise is at so that you can focus on selling that expertise and then hire off, farm out everything else that, that you don't know how to do because it's too costly for you to try to learn it on your own. Yeah, I'm going to kind of digress just for a moment, but you hit a, when you brought up the book and the baker, or as I call the pie baker, yes. uh, the, the History Channel currently is rerunning, I guess, uh, their show on American business. Uh-huh. And last night I caught it, and it was so interesting, and it was about bakeries. <laughs> but a history. Yes, of yes. How, And you had Intamins, you had Little Debbie, how, where they came from. Absolutely. I mean, it's just an amazing, but it, it teaches me about starting the business, not yes. that I will be as successful as those people, but the idea of some of the struggles and the challenges uh, that those businesses went through. Uh, and I encourage people to watch that series when they can pick it up. That's the History Channel, the History of American Business. So back to what we're talking about, you know, the thing I find, I, I, I always open my door to give someone at least an hour of my time, no charge, no strings attached, that they're thinking about opening a business. And over half the time, I dissuade them from doing it because foundationally, they're not prepared, whether it's money, which is the biggest one always, but there are other things, uh, the wrong business for who they are. I'm a big believer that who you are should have a big part in the decision of the type of business that you go into. Uh, I had someone one time that they couldn't stand dealing with people, customers, whatever, and they were going to open a business that had lots of customer <laughs> service, right? And I said, you know, I pointed out, I thought it was obvious, but, you know, they were so thrilled about the idea and yes. they felt they had a product that, you yes. know, uh, people need to really look hard at what it is, not only that they want out of the business or what their family wants and needs, uh, and that's another area that doesn't get enough attention, but... That reminds me of a client I had. He was a veterinarian, and uh, he was closing down his practice. The number one reason, he said, was I hate 
the pet's owners. He loved practicing <laughs> veterinary medicine, but he hated to deal with the pet's owners. So there, the, I concur with, with what you just said. Yeah, he definitely was in the wrong business. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just interesting. What are some of the other things that you think that are roadblocks to people that want to open businesses? Fear. Fear. The, the greatest uh, uh, fear has been defined as false evidence appearing real. If you just try, try doing something, it just the mere act of trying something develops momentum for you. If it, even if it doesn't work out, you started the process. You took the first step, and that opens up doors or opportunities or people that you meet along the way to pivot and to take the next step. you got to start somewhere. I don't care what what you do, just start somewhere. Uh, whether it's hosting a, a uh, uh, an event where you introduce your product or service, uh, or you do it uh, through uh, webinars online, that technology has simplified the entry level for getting your your message out is so cheap now that there's no reason why anyone cannot go into business. The greatest boom in business is consultancy. It's like teaching others how to do what you do. So think about all those retiring baby boomers that spent a lifetime uh, with companies that spent a fortune in training them to become subject matter experts, and now they have that expertise to be able to to teach others how to do it. Yeah, I think you make an excellent point there uh, because the idea that I have someone walk alongside of me you know, one of my pet peeves, if I can use that term, uh, when people start business, I realize typically businesses are started and people are tight on money. Yes. But, you know, it's it's like you've got to have enough money, have enough resources. Again, the number one reason that I understand from statistics I've read forever that they fail is they run out of money. But the, the idea is I think they don't have a clear vision Correct. of what it's going to take in many ways, Correct. but the money as well. Uh, and people will say, well, I can't afford a consultant or a coach. Uh, I'm just starting out. Uh, I, I find it, you know, it just breaks my heart because they need someone. You can go to SCORE right. with the Small Business Administration. I went to SCORE at one point in my life where a company wanted to sell me their business, and I took the financials and the CPA at SCORE for free, said, don't touch this business with a 10-foot pole. Because uh, he says, Victor, you're going to w- be working uh, longer hours, making less money, and having all the headaches because the company was highly leveraged. So uh, go uh, to get training at a Chamber of Commerce, uh, SCORE uh, office, your nearest SCORE office. Do something. Talk to other entrepreneurs and find out how they did it. Well, and you mentioned something great. You need to connect. When you start the business, yes, roll your sleeves up, whatever. Uh, Put your boots on. You're going to go in there and you're going to work and you say hard work. Well, that's an element or part of it, but not all of it. But the connection to raise up and say, well, I'm going to go to the chamber once a month or whatever and connect with people, not only to do business, but to network, like you said, and, and education opportunities. Yes. And you will find people like me that are willing to help you. I mean, I had a, a plan available to startups uh, that was very inexpensive, and I was always on call anyway for all right. my clients. Right. And so I, because I just wanted to help them, I wanted their success. There are a lot of people out there, like you mentioned, yes. baby boomers who have found that success 
and they've got the time and the experience, and they're there to help you. Yes. There's no excuse not to have some help, like you say. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it, and it's needed. People don't need to overlook it. What do you find to be the main challenge besides money when these folks start the business? You mentioned fear. We've gotten through fear, and I see that to step off. Yes. What is another area that you find that's just really a pitfall for people? They if don't not have a good strategy on how to do it. I agree. If you're trying to find a sunset going east, you're never going to find it. <laughs> so you got to have the right strategy uh, to know how to do it, because otherwise your best laid plans are not going to work out if you don't have the right strategy. Well, I 100% agree with you. I, I even tie it to having a plan, and I'm, I have a one-page plan because yes. people don't – they have the ideas, they've got all the energy, and it's amazing. They don't want to sit down. I say, let's just do one page. Now, you may expand it, whatever. Right. If you're borrowing money at a bank, which most startups can't do, right. they're going to want a 30-page plan. So uh, it's, it's kind of interesting, but you're right. You've got to have a way forward. Not just have that product idea, that service delivery, or whatever it is. Yes. You've got to decide. The other thing I find, too, is sort of an extension of that, is what is my long-term goal? Why do I want to be in business? Not just to start, but what is my exit? That reminds me of the story of uh, the man that uh, he was uh, lounging uh, by the side of the river uh, fishing, and he was just enjoying fishing. Maybe you remember the story. And some guy says, well, why don't you, why don't you uh, set a trot line so you can catch more fish? And the guy says, uh, and what would that do for me? He says, well, you'll have more fish. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so he asked, and what would that do for me? He says, well, if you have more fish, then you can go out and sell them. And, and he says, and what would that do for me? He says, well, you'll have money to, to buy a boat so you, can, so you can fish in deep waters. Anyway... He goes around and around and around, and finally he says, and what would that do for me? He says, well, you'll have time to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the moral of the story is know exactly why you're doing what you're doing, because if you don't have a strong why, uh, what's going to happen is you're going to give up prematurely before you can reach success. There are four stages of, uh, of entrepreneurship. First, there is ignorant optimism to where you don't know what you don't know. You, you, you have all the optimism in the world that you're going to make it. But as soon as you get in, into the business and you find out that uh, people are not interested in your product or service, uh, the entry level is high because you've got to spend money on advertising and, and having the right uh, branding. Then you get into uh, realistic pessimism. That's when you get pessimistic about starting the business. You may even second guess yourself and ask yourself, what was I thinking of when I thought about starting the business? But you got to persist. This is where it takes grit. This is where you talk to other business owners. This is where you talk to other consultants to, to show you how you can get out of whatever mess you're in or stagnation. Uh, to give you the, the competitive edge to keep going forward, to make the necessary connections, to find the, the funding, whatever it is that you need, it's out there. Then you get into realistic optimism. That's where you realize that now with going in the right direction, with the right business plan, now your feet are on the ground. Now there's no more magical thinking. Now you know that it takes a lot of work, but you got the, the why pushing you forward until you can reach success. Yeah, that's great advice and absolutely 100% on 
your side on that one as well. And I add a little caveat, which I have to. Uh, another thing I find is make sure your family is on board. Yes. We all have family, yes. whether it be a parent or, you know, somebody that is part of our life in some way. I had to learn that lesson because, uh, because I was working pretty much 24-7, seven days a week, and and – my wife had to put an end to that and say, you know, family time is family time. And so weekends are off, off limits as well as business hours. So you got to take care of your family because if you don't have family, what, what are you working for? What's yeah. your why? And if your spouse is not on your side yeah. because you're taking a great risk to start yes. a business. Yes. I mean, you're, you, in many cases, you've mortgaged the, uh, the so to speak, the, yes. you know, so it's, it's important. And I find, uh, that lack of communication and people being on the same page, particularly in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you tell your spouse what your dream is and you share dreams, if uh, think about the, the synergism, the momentum that you can have by having a cheerleader next to you saying, go for it, honey. It's like this is your this is your time. It's like you've worked all your life for the family, put them through college, put the kids through college. You, you we have a house. Uh, but what is your dream that you never fulfilled that now it's your time? So, yeah. And if you do so, I think it puts the family on more solid footing. In Absolutely. So Absolutely. It's good. Well, we're to the bottom of the hour. We need to take a break. If you're willing to stay around, I'd like to talk a little bit more in depth about coaching and some of the things because you've got a deep background. And if you don't mind sticking around a little bit, we'll come back and touch on that. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a bottom of the hour break. And when we come back, Victor and I are going to continue this discussion. And I hope you'll stick with us and we'll be right back with you. with Victor Escalante. He's a principal coach. Uh, Victor, let's talk about coaching because you and I kind of touched on it a couple of times in our conversation. Uh, we're on absolutely the same page. We believe that when people start a business, they need somebody offering guidance, accountability, things like that. Talk about your background in coaching. I mean, I know we talked about NLP, uh, but let's talk about that a little more in depth. Talk to us about your background in coaching. Uh, uh, happy to. Uh, so I have a lot of executives that uh, over the years they've hired me to work with problem employees that they're very talented, but they're very corrosive to the organization. And so uh, they bring me in as a coach to work with them to polish them up or to even get to the root cause of why they're so disruptive to the organization. Uh, Fortune 100 hired me to work with their CPA. She was very, uh, very aggressive with a lot of her staff. And so what I had to do is I had to uh, get her to the root cause of her aggression and to help her clear that, that inner anger that she had carried all her life to be able to release it so that she could get along and be more cordial with uh, subordinates. 
Also uh, with uh, executives, sometimes uh, uh, you know that in partnerships, there's always conflict. If uh, I've only, in my life, I've only had one, I've seen one partnership that stayed uh, together for many years. And the key, I, I was curious, I asked him, what is the key to your success staying together? He says, we know when to back off and give the other one space when they're having a bad day because uh, they just learn to manage each other's moods and to know when to not discuss sensitive topics. But with uh, partners, I am brought in to mediate and to negotiate partnerships where there's a conflict of interest or there's a conflict of understanding each other. Because you and I know that it's one thing to say one thing, but it's another thing what you meant by what you said. So uh, ad another area of coaching is uh, working with uh, CEOs to help them to understand their employees. I have one uh, company right now that I'm coached to the CEO and founder of the company. He has over 200 employees. He says, Victor, I feel like I need to be a therapist in, in trying to understand my staff because they're so full of problems and, and trying to communicate with them. It's like they don't listen to what I have to say. And so uh, he brought me in to do uh, training and development for the company uh, to help them to understand communication styles because he's very visual. And so for him, if you cannot get the visual image that he's got in his mind, then, then, uh, then you're a problem employee. So I had to teach him to understand how people process information differently. There's people like you that are kinesthetic, that they need to feel the information, that they need to get a sense of, of what it is that the leader is wanting to accomplish. And others, auditory, that, that they need to listen continuously uh, to the direction that, that the CEO is taking the company. So uh, I get into all kinds of interesting projects. Uh, recently, I, was, uh, I worked with, uh, with one of the uh, executives for the uh, Nissan uh, uh, Motor uh, Company, and he was having an issue that uh, he was second-guessing himself with key decisions. And so what I did with him is, is I age regressed them to 13 years old when, when he had a conflict that created an inner split in him to where he had uh, two mindsets. So I get into all kinds of interesting uh, projects uh, over the years. You know, that's, that's just amazing in the, in the kind of things that you do. You know, give us an idea, kind of let's extend that a little bit. I'm in a coaching session with you. What does yes. that look like? I need to know what exactly it is that you would like to accomplish. My coaching is very outcome-oriented, and, and I tell people, if you don't know what you want, I will give you the tools to go think about it and don't come back. I won't charge you if you don't know what you want. Uh, but you must know exactly what you want because I will help you to get there uh, once I know exactly what you want. You know that saying, uh, show a person uh, how to get what they want, they will, they will move heaven and earth to get it. That's, that's what I do. It's kind of like teach a person to fish and they'll feed yes. themselves. correct. That's what correct. I came, popped in my head correct. when you said that. Yes. Well, right now we've got a market where, as we've discussed a couple of times, where uh, people are exiting because of age. Yes. Uh, small businesses in pretty good numbers, uh, and it was predicted based on numbers, yes. statistics. And these businesses are passing either to 
the family or an employee or employees or being sold outright. A lot of that's happening right now. Uh, buying a business in the current economic environment, uh, the questions about inflation, recession, uh, the government, the federal government at least seems somewhat out of control, uh, always talking about more taxes. A lot of uncertainty is my point. What do you advise someone who's looking? Because I've seen some numbers on some businesses and the multiples and whatnot. They're not being discounted because of all those yes. things. And so it's a big investment, a big risk. What do you, what's your take on this? Rick, you and I know that in good times and bad times, people make money. Okay, so yes, those are all factors that you mentioned that are making some businesses a bargain to buy at this time because uh, they're not profitable, but they could have your with your expertise. If you buy the business, you could turn that around in a relatively short time or you could bring in expertise to turn it around. Uh, because they were mismanaged. They're, th because they were mismanaged, they weren't prepared for the hit of COVID and, and all the political policy uh, challenges that we face. No question about it. High inflation, uh, a lot of policies that are anti-business business that need to be changed. But again, we've always gone through this. In good times and bad times, people make money and people buy and sell businesses so don't be, uh, don't be uh, uh, brought down by the doom and gloom. Look for opportunities because that's the best time to, to buy is uh, when everyone is running scared, look for opportunities because they're out there. Yeah, and I think that makes a good point. Uh, it's an interesting environment because you've got these people that built up business over yes. 20, 30, even 40 years or more. So it's their baby, so to speak. And again, the multiples I'm seeing that they're asking are, you know, they're pretty darn high. Yes. But there's always going to be those that just want out. And I think the pandemic has created some, made that market even larger. Yes. Because I'm just tired of it. Gosh, I hear that so much. I feel bad for the people that built a solid business and now they just want out. So there's a distress. There's an opportunity yes. for a buyer to come in. There are businesses out there that they will buy owner finance because they just want out. But they will sell to the right person who will carry on in the legacy of, of the company and, and continue to expand and grow the brand. So there's always opportunity. You just got to look for it. Now, in current times, you may have to look harder, but it, they're out there. Yeah, I think the pandemic, though, has expanded that market where people want out. You know, Victor, I had a, a, a business one time that I was working in directly with another Silver Fox who was uh, directly working the client. And these people built up a business to a point. They were ready to exit. Everything was right. And all they want to do, and you mentioned this, was to someone to come in and carry on the yes. business. Yes. They weren't looking for cash to right. any great degree. So we went through a two-and-a-half-year process. Wow. Because they selected one they came, person, came in, learning the business, only had two employees plus the couple, and so it was small. And it turned out there wasn't a good fit, so they found someone else. Yes. And that person, boy, by the time they literally drove off into the sunset, they had a half a dozen employees Yeah. because this guy Absolutely. was the right fit. Absolutely. And that's what they wanted. Yeah. They just wanted it to be successful. Absolutely. And give someone else a chance. A lot of boomers have businesses that the kids don't want the business. Right. <laughs> so they don't want to follow, and they saw the hard work uh, of their parents, and they don't want to do that. They want the easy route, and there's bargains out there to be had. 
I saw a business the other day that is some uh, a name that most of us would recognize. It was fourth generation. Yeah. Nobody wanted right. in that generation, so the business was being sold. Right. Uh, which is, that's, that rarely happens. You yes. get through three or four generations usually. Yes. It runs with it. Well, Victor, we're about out of time. I'm going to tell you, I've really had fun today. I hope you'll come back Absolutely. in the future uh, and contribute because you've got a lot of great information experience uh, to share with our listeners. Now, if folks want to reach out to you and contact you and follow up on some of the ideas we discussed or just talk to you further, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm going to give, you, uh, give out my personal number. Uh, that personal number is, even though it's a San Antonio number, uh, I live in Houston. I'm home based out of Houston. It's 210-216-6915. And I'm going to also give you my business uh, number. That's 713-992-8279. And I can be reached also through victorescalante.com. Uh, Real simple. Just like the restaurant, victorescalante.com. No relation. <laughs> Well, again, thank you. And you mentioned you've got a special offer for I would our be listeners. happy. Yes, I would be happy in helping anyone that reaches out to me uh, to give a one-hour consultation. This can be done in person or it can be done via Zoom. We all had to digitize. So uh, I would be happy to do that for your listeners. Anyone that would like to talk to me about uh, anything, any problem related to business or starting a business, I would be more than happy to help. Well, I deeply appreciate that. And I encourage anyone listening almost anybody to spend an hour of your time and get, if nothing else, get smarter. So it's a great opportunity. Again, thank you, Victor. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our final break of the day. But before we do that, I want to let you know uh, what I'm going to do in the next segment of the show. My one best consult tip of the week is entitled, Don't Mistreat the Folks You're in Business With. So please stay with us, and I'll be right back in a minute or two. week or my tip for this week is don't mistreat the folks you're in business with. We're all in business with people. Uh, We have employees. You may have a partner. Uh, We're in business with our suppliers. And it's not so far-fetched perhaps to say we're in business with our customers. Yet when you step back and review who you're in business with, you're going to find that there are people in each of those groups that mistreat you that mistreat your business. And you've got to think about that. And on that list, by the way, and I I failed to say it, uh, is you. Don't mistreat people. Now, again, starting with your employees, I mean, there's a lot out there, particularly right now, where people are finding in many, many, many markets very difficult to find new employees, to hire. Uh, It's very frustrating. Uh, I read an article over the weekend about ghosting, if you're familiar, where someone takes a job, agree to all the particulars, the salary, date to start, time to start, and then they just don't show up. And in some industries, that's running 15 to 20 percent, according to this article, of people are taking a job, 
agreeing to it, and then they don't show up the first day, they don't contact, they just disappear or ghost. Uh, it's a difficult environment. But treating your employees has always been important. You should never take your employees for granted. There's a lot written, a lot out there. We've done programs here on the week business hour about that. So I'm going to kind of hurdle over that issue. And I'm going to start with some of the areas where I think that some of us, even if we don't even realize it, but we mistreat the folks we're in business with. And first, I want to talk about suppliers. You shouldn't mistreat your suppliers. I've heard too many stories, particularly in the last year or so, where there have been these supply chain issues where people have had a hard time getting the products and in some cases even services that they need to operate their business. And they turn around and one of the reasons they're having trouble uh, besides the actual supply chain issue is they've mistreated a vendor. Well, how do, you, how do you mistreat a supplier? Well, you don't pay them according to terms. You drag it out. You play games with your payment. I've seen this happen. I've had it happen to me when I was in business where people didn't pay me. And it's just not right. I mean, in turn, the people that paid on time did things the right way. Uh, they were our A customers, so to speak. Uh, always got the first dibs on anything we had, got quick response, even after hours response. We've been over backwards. Uh, and I treated the suppliers like they were a partner. Uh, I mean, indirectly, but they were a partner. I wanted them on my team. So when things happen, like the supply chain issue, they're in the game with me. And even in the, as far as if they can't obtain the products I need, they can guide me or they'll go look somewhere else. They'll go across the country, right, virtually, and find product that's not available in our area. This is happening every day. So it pays, it really pays to treat your suppliers right. Treat them good. Lots of other things you can do. Build that relationship. And that's where the key is, in my opinion, with everything we do in business is building relationships. Build a relationship with your supplier, don't be pushing them all the time for the cheapest price or asking for favors every day. Treat them right. Make them a partner in your business. Another area is don't let your customers mistreat you. And this gets back to people not paying their bills on time, people that always demand uh, more than what was offered or what is due. Uh, they take up your time on the phone. Uh, they take up your employees' times. They're never happy. This is being mistreated by a customer. Now, some folks at this point advocate, and, and I don't necessarily agree or disagree, that you should fire these customers. Another tack you can take, one you have to be kind of patient, is just change the pricing on these people that are mistreating you. In other words, if they drag out a payment 90 days, then add it in. Add in. Don't call it interest. They just pay 10% more. Just raise your prices to them. That way they fire themselves. And you still have the business as long as you have it, and then they quietly but they surely will go away because they'll find somebody cheaper eventually. So consider that. But don't let customers who mistreat you do damage to your business. Psychologically, they can hurt you. They hurt your, your employees. They can even hurt your reputation. Be careful. Be cautious with that. In turn, don't mistreat your customers. Now, this is pretty straightforward, right? Again, a lot of 
energy has been spent over the years and time uh, talking about how to treat customers well, how to hit repeat business and all that. And I'm not going to belabor the point, but be sure that you take those people, those A customers, and make sure they feel wanted by you. Do some extra special things. Treat them right. Build that relationship. I can't overemphasize that. This is perhaps one of the easiest things to do is not mistreat customers. But again, from time to time, I have even slipped into that mode when I became upset about something with a customer and I put them in a category or in a bucket, as some say, and a doghouse. And I was really wrong, a mistake. But yet yeah, they were great customers. They bought a lot. They continued to increase their buy. They paid on time, but something happened. And I immediately allowed my experience with bad customers uh, color what I should be doing for new customers. Stay in touch with your best customers and don't mistreat them. It's so critical and so important. Again, don't mistreat the people you're in business with. Keep it in mind. Goes back to where I started the show today, the positive attitude and looking for ways to keep your attitude positive. I will contend, as our guest Victor said, there are opportunities out there today. The economy, all these things that influence us, we hear negative, bad news constantly. Don't let it overwhelm you. Look for the positives. And the same thing is true. If you're treating people right, employees, suppliers, customers, and they in turn should be treating you right, then you've got a great business going on and you will find success. You will see growth, profitable growth, if you can manage all these different people who truly are part of your business. Well, thank you again for joining us this week and thank you to Victor Escalani for coming in and sharing some of the experience and knowledge he has. And I encourage you, if you get a chance, reach out to Victor, uh, his phone number, is area code 210-216-6915. That's 210-216-6915. He's a wealth of information. He seems to be a very open individual like I try to be. We are here to help you. So reach out to Victor. And again, thank you, Victor, for joining us. And put a note on your calendar to join us next week right here at 11 o'clock on Monday in the weekly business hour. And until next week, stay engaged and always keep the focus on what counts in your business. Thanks.